Welcome to the Fit Pro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to fitprobusiness.com to receive your free three-part video series on how to attract more qualified leads, schedule more consultations, and close more sales. Now, here's your host, the -the in-the-trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. Hello, and thanks for listening. As you know, ratings and reviews are very important to the show. So stop what you're doing and head over to fitprobusiness.com backslash iTunes and leave a review. Hello, FitPro podcast listeners. On today's show, I have the great privilege of interviewing Mr. Peter Montoya. Peter is a sought-after speaker, best-selling author of the book, The Brand Called You, and is the mastermind behind Marketing Pro, Inc. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thanks. Glad to be here. That was a very brief intro about who you are and what you're up to these days and what you're passionate about. Would you mind uh, telling the audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. I became I started an advertising agency back in 1998, just specializing only in personal branding. So personal brands apply very, very good to a category of uh, people called what we'll call solopreneurs. And solopreneurs are people like realtors, financial advisors, dentists, doctors, lawyers, and oftentimes even personal trainers and gym owners. It helps an individual understand who their target market is and then build their marketing and branding to maximize sales among a a target group. Uh, So I, for the last almost 20 years now, have been helping those professionals help attract uh, and maintain a growing body of clients. Yes, thank you for that. And that's really the direction I'd like our interview to go in. And before we dive into the interview, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Um, what is your favorite um, quote? Oh, geez. Their quote, uh, let me see if I can uh, I'll paraphrase it as best I can recall it. Um, shoot. Um, tact is the ability uh, to tell someone to go to hell and have them look forward to the trip. That's a good one. I've never heard that one. <laughs> and now if you had to rec- uh, recommend one key to business success, what would it be? There's absolutely no question to it. Uh, I do uh, about 100 speaking engagements a year, and one of my favorite questions that I ask of my uh, entrepreneurial audiences is, do you know anybody else who makes twice as much money as you and is half as intelligent? And I always get a good chuckle and a good raise of hands. Uh, and the reason I think that most people are are sometimes half as bright and twice as successful is because of one thing and one thing only, and that's implementation. The most successful people implement, uh, whereas the failures do not implement. And most success requires uh, proactive implementation. So what it's really easy to do is answer to the phone because it's ringing. What's really easy to do is answer emails because they're in your inbox. They require some, those are all reactive activities. And the most successful business owners are proactive, which means they know what is going to grow the business, and they every single day do those activities, not because they have to, but because they absolutely must do that to grow the business. Uh, they realize what they have to do, and they implement like you wouldn't believe. Uh, yeah, that's really good advice. I know um, a lot of us get um, we get what's called a paralysis by analysis. So we get stuck in our mm-hmm. thoughts and uh, don't take action. So I, I definitely agree with that as being a very important key to business success. Now, um, one of the things fitness and business owners and personal trainers um, 
would like to learn more about is how to market themselves and brand more effectively. Um, is that something you can dive into the audience for us? Absolutely. The hardest thing for um, small businesses, especially as they're growing, is they have got to realize in order to build a brand, they have to repel in order to attract. They have to turn off in order to turn on. And that's really hard because when you are growing a business, you are so hungry for cash and customers that anybody who fogs a mirror seems like a really great prospect to you. But in a business, fitness business, there actually are many different types of audiences. You might say, well, we're focusing on people who are between 20 and 30 years old, pre-family, young professionals who want a more aggressive workout. You may be focusing on what we'll call the soccer moms who are coming in at 9 o'clock in the morning after dropping off kids and have to get back out to take care of kids late in the morning. You may be focusing on the senior market or on uh, business owners so you really, or, or even competitive athletes. So you really got to figure out who your target market is and build not only your programming around that, but more importantly, your marketing and your branding to that audience. And by and large, when I've looked at most uh, of the fitness marketing, it really is kind of a one-size-fits-all type marketing. Uh, lose weight, get stronger, look better naked. And it's certainly a very, very common repetitive message I see over and over again. But I think the best marketers uh, really start focusing in on an audience and then build a messaging to that specific audience. Right, I see. Like if you were a major gym, I could see maybe making your – marketing more broad but if you are a personal training studio and or a club you want to make that specific to a target market i like the way that you put that um repel in order to attract um your audience um i haven't really heard it put that way before <laughs> thank you so yeah we want to build a brand and what brands do when they're really built, built well, right is they actually attract new clients so rather than the kind of the hand-to-hand -hand combat of being in sales where you're building one sale at a time, good branding, um, and the word brand is kind of elusive to people, and they go, why don't you build a brand? It's kind of this nebulous concept. Uh, what a brand really does is explains, number one, your identity, so make sure people know who you're, what your name is. That's part of, a, uh, of building a brand. A brand also talks about the relationship between you and your audience, whether you like it, they're warm and fuzzy, or a friendly brand talks about kind of that name of the relationship like a human being has with one human being to another. And the third thing, the most important thing that a brand really does is it really explains the problem that you solve. It fills a need in the marketplace. The, the real key to building a brand is to find that need and fill it better than anybody else. And that's what a brand does is expresses how it fills that need better than any other anybody else in the marketplace in a very, very unique way. And if you are only saying lose weight, get stronger, get fit, your need satisfaction is the same as every other gym. And yes, we have what we call, I'll call the Globo gyms, 24-hour fitness, LA fitness, which already kind of fill that space, for lack of a better word, and uh, I don't think do a very good job oftentimes of actually delivering results to people, and that gives you a great, huge, big opportunity to say, we specialize in a given target market and speak to that need. For example, if you're talking to senior citizens, mobility is a huge issue, strength training is a huge issue, uh, overcoming, uh, oftentimes, people who are, are seniors uh, have problems even doing things like walking, walking upstairs, uh, picking objects up, and they just want to be uh, more mobile and able to do everyday functions. You could actually build a marketing message to that audience, for example. Right. And um, also, basically, when you put out a marketing piece, 
uh, if that if somebody that picks up that marketing piece and, and they're not your target market, they should read that and say, oh, this place isn't for me. But somebody that is your target market should read that marketing piece and say, oh, this is exactly what I need. This is what I'm looking for. Exactly. And even the ones who say this isn't for me probably know somebody and would pass it along to one of their friends or family members and say, hey, this is what you've been looking for. It's exactly right. So your marketing pieces should be that specific to your target market that the instant they read it, they know that that's the place that they've been looking for. Absolutely. Now, um, what as far as personal training, like you said, branding is kind of an elusive uh, term and don't really know how to – personal trainers and fitness business owners don't really know how to obtain that or brand themselves. How does one go about building their brand? Well, the first thing is, as I started to allude to earlier, is you've got to specialize. Specialization is a never-ending process of developing your products or services for a given target market. Uh, and I hate to be too pedantic here, but I'll explain the distinction between a product and a service. Products are anything that are physical, tangible, and services are intangible. So many gyms have both services and products. Services, obviously, things like personal training or any kind of group class is a service, whereas products might be either clothing or supplements and things like that. So when you're developing your brand, you want to develop your products and or services for a given target market. That's how specialization works. And that by far and away is the most important step is figuring out, you know, basically who you are in the marketplace. When people ask that question, you know, who are you in the marketplace or what is it you do, that's what they want to know is what is your specialization. Once you have your specialization, that really is the foundation of building all brands. From that, you start building things like your company name, your identity, and there's two different directions you can go in building your company name. You can either uh, use what's called a corporate identity, which is a, a coined word or a made-up name. So you might say, hey, we're the Diamond Gym, for example. It's not based on a person. It's just a word. And you might say that we're a global fitness group, for example. It's once again, not based on a person. It's just a name. It's a corporate identity, not based on an individual. Gold's Gym, for example, or LA Fitness. The other direction you can go is go with a personal brand. And a personal brand is where you actually put your name into the name of the company. And as you know, uh, the fitness business is a, a personal relationship business. So even if you're hoping to have personal trainers beneath you um, and have other people doing training, you can still name your company after you. It's a very powerful way of naming companies because it's more personal, that's a better word. You can actually build a personal relationship, a personal feelings, an idea that it's not just some big, giant, huge, cold corporation who's making money. They're actually the human being with family and friends who's relying on the income uh, that they generate from doing the business. So you actually could name your company after you just first name and last name, much like Charles Schwab, it's called Charles Schwab, or Walt Disney, or Ralph Lauren. People actually name companies after themselves, just first name and last name. It's a very unique way of doing it in the marketplace. And I certainly have seen uh, a lot of company gym names uh, over the years. And to be frank, most of the names kind of run together. They all kind of sound alike. So I'm certainly here to good reputation in the marketplace, I'm certainly a big proponent of naming the company after you, just first name and last name. Now, what's uh, so your recommendation would be to name the, the, your personal brand after your name, first and last name? For, I wouldn't say in every instance, but I'd say in a lot of instances, it's probably a pretty good idea, yes. 
Now, if one has already gone about, gone about branding their name under a different business name, um, how can they transition um, to get the benefits of both? So, you know, um, a couple different things. If, let's just say your company is called, oh, I don't know, the, the Silver Gym. You can always put your name above it and say Peter Montoya's The Silver Gym. That's one way to do it. But the bigger question already is, is what name is more prolific in the minds of your clients? So let's just say that uh, as a gym owner, you have 400 customers who come in and out of your gym, and I was to call them, and I say, you know, hey, where do you work out or who do you work out with? What name first comes to their mind? If the name actually, that I, when I ask your client that question, if they say the Silver Gym, that name actually has done a really good job of branding it in the, your client's minds. On the other hand, they came back and said, well, yeah, my personal trainer is Peter Montoya, and that was the predominant name. Well, guess what? That name already is sticking better than the company name. So that's probably the best test for it to see is what name is already sticking with your clients when you ask where do you work out or who do you work out with or who do you, who trains you? Whatever that name is, is the name you probably should use for your company name. Uh, even if you're using a company name, it's obviously not sticking um, as well as your name is. So even if you have branded with a different name, you can still utilize um, one of those aspects of it, whether you put you know personal training by Peter Montoya slash yeah. Silver Gym or some people already are utilizing your name as who you are and what you pro- service you provide. Correct. You could do either way. There are always options in marketing and branding, lots of them. Great. Now, the first two you touched on were specialization of your product or um, service to a specific market, and the second one was um, company name and identity. And what were the others? Right. The next thing you want to do is you want to build a slogan, and a, sl- a slogan uh, also explains what you do and who you do it for. So small businesses have different issues than big businesses. So when you look at the slogans of big businesses, the slogans are really obtuse. They don't really say what the business does. They create an attitude more than anything else. So let me give you um, some sample slogans here. Um, where do you want to go today? The real thing. Just do it. I'm loving it. Those are uh, slogans for Microsoft, Coca-Cola, and Nike. I missed one. I can't remember who they want to swore. But none of them uh, explain what those businesses do. And so a lot of small business owners look at those kind of obtuse, attitudinal-like slogans and go, well, I want to create a slogan like they do. It's kind of exciting and sexy and interesting and vague. But they have a different problem than, than most small businesses do. For most small businesses, all of their new business is going to come from people who don't know what they do yet. That sounds kind of funny, but here's what I mean by that. Maybe you've never bought a pair of Nike shoes. Maybe you've never eaten a McDonald's hamburger. Maybe you've never bought a Microsoft product, but you already know who the company is and you know what they do. And the reason is all of those companies have spent hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising and in marketing explaining what their product does. However, for most small businesses, every new client usually has not heard of them before that interaction. Therefore, their slogan must clearly define exactly what it is they do. So let me give you some sample slogans I'm just pulling out of a hat. They're completely and totally made up, but they're for example personal example. They're, they're examples only. So you could say, uh, I do physical fitness for seniors. Physical fitness. And it's the service and seniors of the target market. You might say, I do group training classes 
uh, for college students. You might say that. You might say uh, fitness and health for soccer moms. <laughs> so all of those explain what you do and the target market. So when you're creating your brand identity, it has three components. It has the name. It could be your name or the business name, whatever that name might be. It'll have the slogan, and I just gave you some samples right there, and it'll also have some kind of icon. An icon is a graphic of some sort. And all three of those parts, the icon, the name, and the slogan, become one unit and then go on all of your marketing pieces together. So even if you choose a company name like your name, like just, hey, it's just Peter Montoya's in my company, then you have a slogan that's right next to it, and the slogan explains what you're business does. And I might say personal training for aspiring athletes, for example. And I have some kind of an icon that has some kind of emotion with people running or lifting weights to explain uh, what it is that I do. Or maybe I'm doing uh, Olympic lifting. It would be, that could be a slogan all by itself. You don't even have to say who the target market is. It's anybody who's interested in Olympic lifting, for example. The audience, the name speaks to the very audience in by itself. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for that explanation of what to include in the slogan. So slogan would be your target market and what you do for that target market. Exactly. And then on every piece that you put out as far as marketing, you want to have those three components, which would be the icon, the name, and the slogan. You are a fast learner, absolutely. And um, were those the three keys to um, branding yourself effectively? Yes, those are good start. And once you've got those things down, once you know who your specialization is, you've built your brand identity, which is the name and the slogan and the icon. The next thing you're going to do is figure out your marketing strategies and you're going to figure out how to market to your target market. And those things could include, you know, of course, things like client referrals and referral discounts. It could include free events. It can have any booths at trade shows. Most likely, any marketing plan you're going to create these days is include a great deal of social media. Uh, that would be the cornerstone of all the marketing that I would do. Uh, I would say take pictures on a daily basis of my clients. I would be friends with my clients uh, on Facebook and Twitter. I would take pictures of them and I would post those pictures on, with information on a regular basis so they can show off to their friends all the amazing things they're doing with you uh, getting their bodies in shape. Right. In regards to social media marketing and branding, how do you recommend that personal trainers and fitness business owners um, keep that branding going uh, within their information that they're putting on uh, Facebook and or um, any other social media as well as their own personal blogs? Social media is absolutely pivotal for anybody in the personal training business. Uh, I highly recommend that you build, of course, um, all the following pages. Uh, you got to have a Facebook account, Twitter um, probably have a LinkedIn, although you won't use it too heavily, but it's easy to create a profile on LinkedIn and most likely Instagram uh, these days are probably the most essential four that I would have. Uh, I'm getting the habit on a daily basis uh, of posting on all four mediums. I, I know I use Hootsuite as one tool to help me manage my social media postings. There's other companies out there who do that. Uh, and I would make sure that on Facebook specifically that you're friended with all of your clients on a personal level. Uh, so you want to create personal relationships and maybe posting. Um, either you want to create some kind of a page, either uh, most likely a business page of some sort, and you want to start getting all of your clients onto that page on a regular basis. One of the absolute, one of the, we've talked talk about, CrossFit's really big in the, in the industry right now, and one of the reasons that CrossFit is so incredibly successful at what they're doing and growing so well is they learned how to build a community. So, <laughs> 
if you've been through any kind of team building exercises in your in your lifetime, here's how most team building exercises work. If you get a group of people together, you give them an absolutely impossible challenge, usually some kind of time restraints, and you make them do it. And that trial it brings people together uh, and forces community faster than anything else you can possibly imagine. Uh, and that's what CrossFit does on a regular basis so well, and a lot of personal trainers do, is if you want to build and get the stickiness of that stock that CrossFit has done so well, is you've got to be forging a community and every single day have something kind of challenge done by people so afterwards they can sit and moan and groan together about, we can't believe how hard that was, but we did it together. Um, and once you kind of start forging that community in your classes, that needs to translate into the online world as well, so people can actually see pictures, they can comment on it, they can share all the amazing things they're doing. So your online strategy needs to match your offline strategy um, in that you're building a fortune community. I see. Now, just because a personal trainer doesn't offer or do CrossFit-style workouts, they can still learn a great deal from the CrossFit model and building a community and have that help them with their own business in regards to getting referrals and increasing their revenues through building that community within their personal training studio and or fitness business. Couldn't agree more. Um, I think one of the things that most personal trainers have noticed is it's really, really, really hard to get long-term one-on-one coaching clients. One-on-one personal fitness coaching is absolutely phenomenal, produces phenomenal results, but as most trainers have figured out, it's really hard to get people doing it over a long period of time. The stickiness of any kind of group fitness classes is actually better, and the reason is it is the community. People oftentimes come back to the same class on days when they don't feel like it, they don't want to go, uh, they don't want to go to a different time sometimes, but they go back to the same time and the same class because they want to see their friends on a regular basis. Uh, so yes, anywhere doing any kind of group fitness classes where you can get people together on a regular basis, you're going to find a, a lot greater stickiness and long-term clients. And no, it doesn't have to be CrossFit exact classes. It could be just about anything. Yeah, I've learned that as well, uh, specifically with my own business model. I do um, strictly semi-private personal training. And what it does is it builds a community amongst those clients that train together at the same time. So they actually hold each other accountable um, even when they miss a session that other person's contacting them or is inquiring as to where that person is. So they hold it, hold each other accountable and it also helps um, to keep long-term retention. Couldn't agree more. The private probably is much stickier than private coaching sessions. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Now, we've covered a lot of ground in regards to personal branding. Um, did you have any other golden nuggets you'd like to leave the audience with? Jeez, I really have no idea what I think until I hear what I say. So when <laughs> you ask me questions, it always usually uh, it, 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 it elicit a new thought or a new idea. For the time being, I think I've shared and spewed as much as I possibly can thus far. Great. Now, um, just to switch gears a little bit, I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid-fire questions. Now, what are you currently reading or have you just finished reading? I'm reading two books right now. One is called Collapse. How Great How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed by Jared Diamond. Basically, he's talking about how different societies have both failed and succeeded. And the second one is The Great Divide. Uh, it's basically on unequal societies and what we can do about them. The two books I'm reading right now. All right. I will include those in the show notes. Now, also, um, last question. 
What is your favorite business or self-help book of all time? God, that's a tough question. Um, I think I have probably three or four, and so I'll give you all three or four. Uh, the first one, Good to Great by Jim Collins, is just about on everyone's, everyone's reading list when it comes to business books. And it is because it's just such a great book about how to run a business. I recommend that one. I love The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. He has three or four books. I think Tipping Point is probably best. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, there's a lot of books on marketing and branding by Al Reese and Jack Trout. Uh, my favorite one is not the one that everyone else likes. The one that's probably most famous is The 22 Immutable Laws of Branding. The one I actually like best is called The Origin of Brands. It's by Al and Laura Reese. Laura Reese is the daughter of Al Reese. So it's The Origin of Brands by Al and Laura Reese. And last but not least, my adding my favorite business book of all time is Multiple Streams of Income by Bob Allen. Multiple Streams of Income by Bob Allen. Uh, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal entrepreneur book. All right. Awesome. I will include those in the show notes. I want to thank you for all the value that you've provided the audience. And now, how can the audience learn more about you and uh, connect with you on a um, further basis? Two things. Uh, first thing is go to Amazon and pick up my book, The Brand Called You, The Brand Called You. Just pick up different versions of it and find the one that has the blue cover and yellow writing. That's the one that is the most current, The Brand Called You. And otherwise, you can always uh, drop me an email uh, at petermontoya at petermontoya.com. Notice the personal branding uh, inherent in my email address. It makes it very easy for people to remember, petermontoya at petermontoya.com. That's great. Again, I want to thank you for all the valuable content you provided the audience, and I know that they're going to get a ton of value from it. My pleasure. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day. Please head over to fitprobusiness.com backslash iTunes and leave a review. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Fit Pro Business Podcast with your host, Andy Salazar. Don't forget to visit fitprobusiness.com to receive your free business building video series.